Tom Panos, Troy Malcolm, the boys come to the inner west. How are you, Troy? I'm good. I, actually, I'm liking this, Tom. This yes. is impressive out here. I need to come out to the inner west more. I do call a lot of auctions in the inner west, but I've got to tell you, uh, living in the inner city, you are spoilt for choice compared to where I live, being in the inner west with cafes and the quality of coffee and people. Yeah, so, 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 so Troy, you live in the inner city, but you auction a lot in the inner west. Auction a lot of the inner west, yeah. Okay, what, and um, what are your, like, your impressions of the, of, of the inner west? What, what, I mean, what do you think of it? You like it? It's super cool. You, super you, you cool. love auctioning there, I know that. I absolutely love auctioning there. Um, I think the people are very friendly. Yeah. Every single person I see at an auction, uh, being that the public, when I walk into an auction, they are super nice. A lot of young families, Tom, I'm noticing there's still a whole new young family market coming from the inner city and they're moving to the inner west because they want to have that proximity to the city and travel in for work. Uh, but they're seeing that as a great spot to well, raise I'm, a family. Well, well Troisy, I'm... Um I'm, I'm uh, that person that you're talking about because I, I, I spent a decade living in Newtown. Yeah. Right? And um, just needed more space and um, moved to Haberfield. And you actually... Let's test... Uh, this is a competition. Let's test <laughs> Troy Malcolm's uh, uh, memory out. So, Troy, late last year, um, I popped outside my house and I see you pull up in your Range Rover, right? And... Um, um, you're auctioning a house. Oh, and about by the way, I 50, wish I had a Range Rover. <laughs> Fifty. Uh, well, what's a, What is it? I was in a. Hot, I was in a No Birds car. I, I okay, was, so I, I don't have a car at the moment. You don't have a car at the moment. <laughs> so you're in. You're, you're. You've heard it here. He doesn't have a car, but he was at, 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 a, at an auction. Um, do you remember what you sold that property uh, fifty meters from my home? I remember the property. It was uh, Michael Tringali auction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was packed. It was absolutely packed. Uh, I remember the sale price and I remember the corner block. I think it was number 38, Hawthorne Parade. Was that number 38? Um, uh, so, so, Troy, it appears you've both got the number wrong. <laughs> there was you've a also got the street wrong. <laughs> 3.85 million. I know okay. it's sold for 3.8. So, you got so there's the, the 38. So you got the price. And Hawthorne's near there. 850 <laughs> and Hawthorne is near it. So um, this and, is and, a big test for me, Tommy. And, and, there's and, a lot of auctions each year. <laughs> so so Troy, we both auction. Yeah. Um, and out of curiosity, when you when you rock up at an auction, and this topic today, by the way, is not about auctions. Yeah. This topic today is when me and you are doing a podcast together, we like to do it, um, we like technology. Yeah, um, love so, tech. so it's, it's a good opportunity to do it um, when um, uh, me and you are flying, just the two of us doing technology. So um, we're gonna, our, our top topic today is going to be social media and real estate in 2018 mm. because Troy, at the moment, for whatever reason, people continue to post photos of a nice pasta or a nice steak, and they ask themselves, will this post make me more attractive to a consumer as being a trusted advisor in the marketplace, yep. right? And that's very questionable whether posts of that nature do that. So we're gonna talk about it, but when you know, just quickly on auctions, you go to an auction, mm-hmm. um, what, are, what are you know the three or four main things that you wanna cover with an agent before you start an auction? Uh, 
ultimately, I, I would love to meet the vendor, and yeah. that's kind of mandatory. I have to meet the vendor. Right. Um, I want to know. I'll get. I want to get an insight into which buyers are here. Yeah. If I need to speak to any of those buyers before the auction commences, if someone's nervous or they've got, um, you know, a lot of emotion around purchasing the home, so yeah. I'll go and introduce myself to those and, buyers. And, and, and Troy, typically, what what do you actually say to the vendor, like? five minutes before an auction? Um, so we'll always, every auction that I call, we'll always run through what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? So I'll get an understanding from the agent how many people are registered. Yeah. I'll do a quick walk around the house, introduce myself to any buyers that I need to, and then it's straight to meet the vendor. Yeah. Um, I'll have a conversation with the vendor, giving them a, an idea or an insight into what the agent's told me uh, is going to happen on the auction floor. I'll also ask them some specific questions about the house. So how long have you lived here? What do you love most about it? Is there anything specific that you want me to mention when I'm introducing the property? Yeah. I find that a great question because it does, it puts the vendor's mind at ease. Right. A lot of auctioneers in Sydney in particular, because we're calling a lot of volume, will be in and out of the property quite quickly. By asking that question to the vendor, I'm getting a very clear understanding or I'm giving them a very clear understanding that I'm there working for them. Right. Um, apart from that, I'm, I wish them the very best of luck. If anything does happen, I won't leave the auction floor. Yeah. I'll be working with the buyers and the agent will come in and have a conversation with the vendor. Right. It goes along the lines of that. Um, mm. it, it's an easier conversation right. if you build trust and rapport up front. Right. So it's not just the auction day, I'm actually speaking to the vendor. Right. I'll speak to the vendor twice throughout the campaign. Wow, so, you, so you'd speak to them what, like at the start or the middle? Yeah, or? upon listing, yeah. Um, to give a third party recommendation that the agent they've chosen to work with is fantastic and I'm right. extremely excited about working with them during the auction and saying, for example, that you know Michael and I do call a lot of auctions together, Yeah. so if you have any questions and you can't get Michael, feel free to give me a call. Yeah. Um, and then I'll always speak to them in the week leading up to the auction once I have a better idea about what's going to happen on auction day. So right. they normally get three points of contact from me throughout any campaign. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, and one final question, Troy. Does the vendor get too involved with setting a vendor bid or is that something that is being discussed with the agent and them or is that talked about just before the auction? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean... It's always spoken about before the auction. Right. Uh, the agents that I work with are at such a high caliber. Right. Um, I'm very lucky, I'll, I'll say that. I'm very lucky to work with the agents that I do because they always make it very easy to do my job. Um, so they'll always recommend the vendor bid and they'll do that on their pre-auction meeting being that yeah. Thursday or Friday, normally yeah. Thursday afternoon. Yeah. Um, I'll confirm the vendor bid or if circumstances change yeah. during the course of that last two days and the vendor bid needs to be changed, we can discuss that before we go out on the auction floor. Right. Um, depending on which agent I'm working with as well, it's not always my intention to use the vendor bid. Right. There'll be times where it's not needed, and there'll be times that we do need to encourage the bidding. But it's always to encourage the bidding. I don't want to kind of put the, the client that's trying to purchase the home or the buyer in a position that they feel like it's unachievable. Right. For them to secure their dream home. There's right. a lot of emotion attached to auctions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more yeah. I do, the more I realise that, Tom. And and um, those that disregard buyers, especially this year, being 2018, yeah. I think are, are going to do themselves an injustice in I mean, business. I think people, Troy, underestimate the power in those five or ten minutes before the auction mm. of um, an auctioneer connecting and having a bit of chemistry with the buyers. Like the, the ability to get them to like you mm -hmm. because you, they're stressed before the auction, right? They're stressed. 
And I think um, it helps you when you're taking bids off buyers during an auction, mm-hmm. it helps if you've actually got a bit of um, rapport, rapport from prior to the auction. We speak a lot about influence on this podcast, Tom, and by giving them some kind of insight or getting them to know that you're similar to them yeah. and you're likeable can yeah. make a huge difference when you're asking for another $5,000 bid, yeah. $10,000 bid, $25,000, whatever the increment is, by having that rapport and trust with them that they know you're a real person and that you're there to help them yeah. along the way, it pays dividends long term. All right, Troisy, let's move on. Social yep. media, 2018 and real estate. And this is going to only be a bigger topic this year, and it will increasingly will. We must accept it. Yep. Uh, this is not a fad. This is not uh, just a here for a season. This is here for good. And that is... Um, So I did a presentation recently, Troy, and what I actually did is I wrote out the main things that I've been doing on Facebook, Mm -hmm. right? And one of the reasons I did it, Troy, was the few days beforehand, I had a guy ring me up and he said to me, I'm a social media expert and what I'd like to do is see whether, you know, you'd like to, you know, engage me Mm -hmm. um, on this. And I sort of said, oh, no, it's all good. Don't worry about it. And he goes, I find it surprising because I'm going to be able to do this, this and that. And it's just his confidence there. So I said, can I ask you your name? So while I'm talking to him, I go on there and I had a look and the guy had like about 150 likes, no engagement. (laughs) And then it made me realise as I was talking to him, I looked at his website and he'd positioned himself as a uh, digital agency specialist in real estate. And then I thought to myself, you know what? Um, I'm a digital social agency uh, expert myself, right? I don't need... With with 20,000 plus. With 20,000 plus, (laughs) right? And what I thought I'd do is actually... I'd write down, and I know that you're going to sort of uh, give me some input on each one of them because uh, that's part of your role at McGrath's is digital. So, Troy, here are my top points on 2018 and social media. Number one is you've got to start where you're at. So don't ever compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 10, right? Start where you're at, right? So right now, if you've got 100 people on your database with a mobile and or email, simply put those on an Excel document and actually convert it to a CSV file and upload that into the back of uh, uh, Facebook. And Facebook, it will say, you know, Troy Malcolm's database. And you can actually then be targeting these people in your marketing. You can actually be paying Facebook, which is not too expensive, Mm -hmm. to actually say, I want to hit their timelines because Facebook have got a mobile or email when these people have set up their account and you can actually target them. And Troy, you know that some CRM systems actually uh, have the ability, I think they've got an API direct to, to Facebook. What are your views on you know, um, targeting to your database via social media? Yeah, I mean, listen, first things first, if you're not on social media in 2018, you're behind the game of real estate. Yeah. Yeah, so what do I mean by that? Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn yeah. is part of the real estate diet. And if you don't have a profile or a presence, regardless whether it's 100 likes or 20,000 likes um, that you have, you need to start somewhere. Yeah. The the strategy that you just said then is the perfect way to start on any one of these platforms. 
Everyone in our industry has a profile picture. Yeah. They have a bio, so you can insert that information. But you need to be able to connect with people quite quickly. Because before we started recording this, we were saying, um, and that's your next point, so I don't want to give too much away, but Facebook being a media company now, there's advertising involved. We know that's now the landscape, but you need to have organic connection. Yeah. So why not start with the people that are already on your database that have experienced you and probably like you at yeah. an open for inspection or you're doing prospecting calls or you've sold a property or they've bought a property for you. Why not have them there that it's another communication channel? Because, because Troy, Facebook likes warm traffic, don't they? They, 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 they hate spam. So the fact that you're actually um, going to be targeting to people that you've got an existing relationship yep. is a thumbs up from Facebook, which yep. means that they're going to give you a bigger reach with those people. Of course. And only eight weeks ago, Mark Zuckerberg came out and said that it's going to be prioritised, not on advertising from big media channels. It's going to be prioritised on friends, family members and connections. Yeah. So every single real estate agent that's out there, you must organically connect with people and genuinely take interest in them. Yeah. Right? And that's finding them and liking them and connecting well, with I've them. Well, I've got to say, as we're recording this podcast, I can tell you what Mark Zuckerberg has said has already come into play. Yep. I have noticed. Um, so I've got 32,000 likes mm-hmm. on my Facebook, and my reach, I think, has gone down by a third in the last three weeks. When I've sat down with our technology company and I've sat down with Susan, it appears that Facebook is giving far less reach mm-hmm. on the business page than we were getting. Yep. So, Troy, I think that that's coming to effect. They want warm traffic. They, they don't want, want to be traffic. cold spamming and they don't want to be uh, turning it into this uh, uh, cold you know, telephone um, spam approach on social media. Absolutely. And I think also you, know, you need to be the champion of um, your community. And by saying that, you've got to like things in your community. You can't just go on Facebook and think that take, 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 take. The law of reciprocity plays here. You've got to add value in giving insights into the real estate market, but that local community sporting team or that local charity, you need to actually engage with them. The same way that you do on the phone, the same way that you do in person. It's no longer online and offline. We're just present. So you have to be doing both. Your digital life has to meet your outside life. And if they don't, then you get found out because that that warm traffic won't be prioritised. So, 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 Troy, uh, m- uh, my daughter alerted me yeah. to a term called milkshake duck, right? And yeah. um, I've got to I've got to I've got to tell you what it is. So, for all our listeners here, it is now an official word in the dictionary. And a milkshake duck is someone that is on social media portraying a certain way on social media. Mm-hmm but is actually not living that life in reality. Um, and Which is like a lifestyle entrepreneur that says they're a millionaire and borrows 100000 off their friend. We've all seen them on Instagram. Yeah. They get $100,000 out of the bank, they put it on a bed, and then they say, well, I've made this and I'm you know, a lifestyle entrepreneur. Is that what they call, Troy? Lifestyle entrepreneurs? Yep. Yeah. And we've all seen them on Instagram. So, I so, mean, so, our listeners would so know So what we know, are. what we're saying is... Social media, offline, online, it's just who you are all the time. It's who right? you are all it's, the time. And if you're, not, if you're not authentic, yeah. guess what? People are going to see that from a mile away. And, yeah. and like your daughter said, the perfect term, it might be the title we use for this podcast, the milkshake, milkshake duck. duck. So, Troy, could we use that? Because she'd be really proud yeah. to know that the podcast has been, uh, uh, she was involved with as being as the architect of that name. 
The milkshake. We will drug. confuse our listeners though if we put up milkshake duck as an episode title. True. <laughs> uh, well, and, and while we're on that, while we're on that subject, Troy, um, um, Logan Paul, who is um, a, 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 a a YouTuber, right? Yeah. Famous. You, you've heard. Yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. Heard of him. So, so, so Logan Paul's an interesting one there because uh, he was a daily daily poster. He posted a dead body, mm-hmm. and. Um, it caused an uproar. Yep. Um, he uh, disappeared off the face of the earth for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then what happened is four or five days ago, my daughter said, look, Logan Paul's back on. He did a suicide uh, prevention, uh, prevention. Yeah. Yep. Um, donated a um, million dollars, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he must be rich, is he, Troy? Yeah, he's very he's, he's well. Well, I mean, from the the persona of YouTube. Right, right. So, and and what uh, and and then and then Christina said to me, uh, I said, "See that? How good he is, Christina?" And she said, "Daddy, he picked up another six million subscribers over uh, overnight." You know, so yeah. it's an interesting metric, those YouTubers, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, the YouTubers themselves that are phenomenally successful. Um, and shout out to a good friend of both yours and mine, Tom Ferry. I think he's just ticked over 100,000 subscribers in the US over the weekend. Yes, I saw for that. For his YouTube account. So congratulations, Tom. Um, you know, we love him. He's spoken yeah. at Eric many times. Yeah, well, I'm, he, he's also, uh, Troy, he's confirmed he's doing two sessions oh, at awesome. Eric in 2018. Right. He's doing a session on the Sunday and he's doing a session on the Monday. And there was a brochure that went out for Eric. Um, in the last one week by the team at Tret, so Perfect. I knew he was on the wish list. I just yeah. didn't know he was confirmed, so yeah. even better. He's done. But, Troy, on that point, you, mm. you, you, you indicated before, like, they're a media company, you know. In fact, I think 85% of the uh, digital revenues between Facebook and Google. Yeah. Um, so, Troy, one of the things that I think agents in 2018 have to accept is you have to spend money on Facebook. Have to. The same way that you spend money on a DL and yeah. put it in 2,000 letterboxes, the same money that you spend on a full-page ad- advertisement in the print publication, yeah. you need to do that, but you also need to do advertising online. You need to be able to promote yourself. Now, that's not, not promoting anything. It's targeted, specific, and very much measurable results that you can go on and say, right, this market update that I've just sent out as a video format, yeah. these are the metrics that I've got from it. Here's my call to action. Yeah. Um, I see yeah. far too many agents try to sponsor and promote posts uh, and advertise and target people without having a clear call to action. Uh, and it's got to be clear because otherwise Ven- you are Ven- just spamming. Vendor paid advertising and Facebook? Part of the diet now. Right. It is absolutely part of the diet. And the good thing is, Tom, that it's still relatively cheap compared to yeah. other medias. Yeah. Um, so you've got to look at the cost and the return. And if I'm measuring eyeballs, then it's, it's part of the real estate landscape. Troy, the next bit I want to talk about is um, the ownership of online and social media assets. Because what we clearly know is that uh, there's two distinct camps. There's, you know, Facebook, mm-hmm. which owns Instagram. Yep. And then you've got Google, and uh, Google owns YouTube, yeah. right? And sometimes what I see is a real estate agent on Facebook putting a YouTube link mm. or putting a realestate.com link mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the right thing to do is to actually take the time and have that video uploaded into Facebook yep. and treat the two ecosystems as, as two things because as you said to me earlier on, they're never going to be friends. 
they will never be friends. I mean, Facebook for a long time, they now own Instagram, but for a long time have been aligned with another search engine called Bing, B-I-N-G, and Google with YouTube, and you know they've got their own story and success over the, the recent times. Um, Facebook never want you to leave that ecosystem. Yeah. They never want you to leave. So by posting a link to a video that's embedded on YouTube, you're taking the person away from the website. By embedding the video in the Facebook feed, you're staying there. Yeah. That's the biggest return. And also the way they benefit from that is by giving you better insights on the number of people and uh, metrics of that measurement. So if you play a video and it's only embedded, you're clicking out, you won't get that as a measurement. But if you embed the video in the ecosystem of Facebook, you'll get to see the number of views. Yeah. And you'll yeah. get better duration times and things like that. So it's very important to treat them separately and have an understanding that yes, you need to have the links that post on REA, that comes from YouTube, that's the ecosystem that REA is based on. Google will go to the websites, we all know that. Facebook and Instagram, they're on their own ecosystem, you need to upload those videos. No longer is it, a, is it relevant to post links only. I think it's a lazy approach and it's just as easy to upload the video. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it takes a couple of minutes, doesn't it? A couple it? of minutes. Um, Troy, a term not to scare our listeners, but a term that they should be aware of is the term, you know, pixel, mm-hmm. um, or a better word to explain it is trackers. Trackers, you know? yep. Trackers. Retargeting, remarketing on yeah. every site. We mentioned about, I don't have a car at the moment, and I'm searching for a car. Um, quick little story. I was on the weekend looking at cars on carsales.com.au, and many of our listeners are probably experience something similar when looking for for property or um, homeware goods or even cars. I searched a couple of cars and then all of a sudden I left the site and went back to Facebook. Um, And on the right hand side in the column I started getting populated ads of cars for sale that were similar to the ones that I was searching for. And I just think that's, so that's such a, a that's off a int- that's off a pixel or a tracker. Yeah, it's off a pixel and a tracker. Right. So, so you can mark. You can even though you haven't left data there, mm-hmm. that they can actually uh, they're able to see who's been sh- basically shopping or, or or let's call it window shopping. That's window probably shopping. The, the the term. And they can actually then target to window shoppers, and probably. I don't think, for the average guy or girl listening to this, I don't think you should go onto uh, Google and say, oh, how do pixels work and how do I install it? I think I think you should be spending your time listing, selling, uh, buyers, negotiating. Uh, but it's a golden opportunity to take advantage of traffic online, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's one that's going to become uh, more relevant as we go throughout this year. 2018 is a big year in tech. Uh, I I guarantee that a lot of the noise that you hear from our industry will be based on tech, customization, personalization, and on the forefront of innovation. They're the three big things that I think will happen this year. Uh, And, you know, customization and personalization are very much the same uh, in some respects, but they're the three big trends that I think will be relevant in real estate. Troy, have you narrowed your car down to three cars? Uh, I have. But I've got the the, the package dr- the package A like yeah. the dream that I'm yeah. never going to oh, well yeah. one day that's a one yeah. day yeah uh, and then I've got the the vendor hope to get price vendor hope to get price yeah. realistic expectation yeah. price and then yeah. the one that I should get which yeah. is the one that I need to run around the city in <laughs> so um, uh, are you getting have you, are you getting a, a diesel 
Uh, well, my last car that I did have was a diesel, right. and I loved it. Right. I thought it was fantastic. So I am looking at a diesel, right. um, but in the next three weeks, I'll announce my car. So, <laughs> Not because everyone's interested, obviously. <laughs> so Troy, I'll tell you what you... Uh, so guys and girls, you heard it here before. I'm going to have a punt there. <laughs> And I'm going to narrow your car into one of three cars, Troy. Yep, go this tell just, me. Okay. I'm going to write these down and okay. we'll, we'll announce so, what, which one it is. Guys and girls, I haven't had this conversation with Troy <laughs> and I'm going to narrow your car. One, a potential will be a Range Rover, not the big one, the, 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 the one I think it's called Range Rover Velour. Or oh, yeah, the Vela. Yeah. Vela? Yeah, okay. they're a very nice car, Tom, but I'll okay. tell you what, they're okay. very expensive. Okay. Um, I'm going to turn around and uh, say potentially um, a Porsche McCann. I'm going to... Uh, uh, yeah, they're put, fantastic cars. I love those. Again, put, put um, those you in, might be having to dip into... You might have to help me out here. Put, put, <laughs> put, put, put that in the list. And then the third car, the third car I'm thinking that Troy potentially might look at investing in is an Audi. An Audi. I do like Audis as well. There's so, three very good choices. So, so Troy, did you visit any of those three cars uh, on the weekend? I did. I you did. did. I okay. did. I did. Um, and I've got to tell you, one was a standout, but maybe that's a whole session on customer experience and customer service that we could yeah? we could talk about. Yeah. Because okay. one was a true standout for me. Really? Yeah. But all those cars, we might be using the uh, the big sponsorship money that we get for MDA to support me getting a car, Tommy. <laughs> we right. might be looking at a second sponsor. <laughs> all righty. So, Troy, I'm going to finish up on, on social media, and my final point is on this. I have noticed that my life dramatically got better on social media when I set up a marketing calendar, which is set and forget. Because up until then... The whole time, all I was doing was, if I felt like it, I'd post. If I didn't feel like it, I didn't. And then I began to realize is the people that read your post, they don't feel the same way that you feel, right? So you need to actually run it in a very process-driven way that is set and forget, and you know that this happens on that morning, that happens on that afternoon, and it becomes an automated process. And in many ways, all you're really doing is certain tasks. You're just actually scheduling them into your Outlook calendar as reoccurring appointments. Mm-hmm. And life becomes so much easier. Systems and processes equals freedom. Yep. And, and it's normally the, the simplest point that creates the biggest difference. So yeah. what you think we take for granted being in the industry... Guess what? The public doesn't know that. So help them out. Always be thinking add value. Yeah. So, Troisy, I want to thank you. We're going to be back next week, and we're going to talk about the most important thing in real estate, and that is prospecting. But we're going to dig deep. We're going to dig deep into that subject and look at why it doesn't happen. Um, I want to thank realestate.com.au, our sponsors. Troy, I don't know if you're aware, but Momentum is going to be running over the next month or two, which is the News Corp slash realestate.com events that they do to the industry. Yes. Uh, Look out. You can go to the agent center on realestate.com. You will be getting an email from realestate.com slash News Corp. And uh, some of the people that are going to be featured speaking at those events is um, Betty Ockelander. Fantastic. um, uh, Gav... uh, Gav Rubenstein, Kate Strickland, yep. uh, Zoe Reynolds, 
um, Rick Sorayo. Um, so, you know, there's some good, strong speakers, uh, Vivian Yap. Um, I can't remember all the speakers. Sounds like a mini ARIC, and that's so going around the country again? It's going around the country. They're going to every city in February and March. Um, speak to your realestate.com rep or your News Corp rep. I want to thank our sponsors, realestate.com.au. And Troisy, I will see you next week. Next week. Looking forward to it. See you, Tommy. Thank you. Bye, mate.